Welcome to Funkatopia Live. It is my honor to welcome the one and only beautiful and talented Liv Warfield in the house. How hey, are you, Dan? Hey, hey that's so nice. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, y'all. Oh man, as I said, it's been so long since I've seen you. It's just, it's crazy how it's, it's, what have you been up to? I mean, as I said, the last time you were on in the Funkatopia house was, was 2015. So I, I I definitely missed you. It's so good to see you again. What what have you been up to? Let's, let's not talk about the whole seven years, but what have you been up to the past year? Yeah, we're going to talk about the album and the tour here in just a second. But, you know, outside personal life, not talking yeah. about tour or anything. What, what have you been doing the past year? I've been trying to figure it out. Uh, <laughs> Haven't we all? Yeah, I get it. I, I get it. I get it. And, and um, it's been good because it's been a serious ebb and flow. And I, I, I wouldn't change it at all, you know, because I kind of learned a lot about myself a lot about myself, like from the last time you saw me in 2015. Um, so I, you know, I've been doing some theater stuff. I've been working with Nancy Wilson of Heart, which is amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had wins and damn sure several losses. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, I just, um, I just, I found another side. I found another side, and I'm, I'm really excited right now. So what is what are, what are some of the things on the other side? I mean, what what how do you feel like you've grown the most personally over the past year? What what's some of the things that you've learned about yourself? Or yeah, we're gonna make this a funk to funk broadcast of what's gonna yeah. happen here. What's that? <laughs> Brace yourself. But yeah. but what but what what have you learned? I mean, what what are some of the things that have been the most prevalent? That Honestly, you about yourself? to authentically step into the light, right? I mean, with social media and all this stuff going on or whatever, it could be easy to get distracted. I was very distracted. And um, just I was I was searching outside to find out who I was as an artist. And even besides being an artist, just as I was as a person, you yeah. know, um, so authentically, I'm, I, I'm like so happy, just kind of like dealing with the, the confidence side. You know who who is live outside of on the stage stuff and all of that stuff. So, um, it, it I'm I'm really happy for it. You know, and that's why when I did the song Mantra, um, that it, it kind of really brought me to 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 ground one. Like seriously, mm. back to my grassroots. Back to the reason why I love making music. Back to the reason why I just love living, stepping outside, having human interaction with people. Period. You know. So, yeah. yeah, that's awesome. You know, I like that because th this is the one thing that people are forgetting and losing sight of. You got to back away from social media. It's everything is here to distract us. Not saying everything is bad, yeah, but right. it's here to distract us. And yeah, at yeah. some point, until you let go, you can't find you. And Absolutely. Like, you lose who you are or or never really knew. So, yeah, yeah, yeah kudos. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, just, I found a lot of strength in it, you know, like. Everything was everything was great. Everything was golden. I mean, to be honest, um, you know, when I had the 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 TV shows or whatever, the Jimmy Fallon's, that was amazing, and th that part of the industry and the the unexpected and stuff was amazing. But then that soon went like that. Right. Real talk. I'm be honest. Yeah. Um, because I really just was like, oh snap, you know, mentors not here. Uh, what do I do? Because you become so dependent. You become so dependent on um, 
the praise of like, you got that right. You did this, you did it. When it's like, man, you got to step out on your own, sis. You got to find your way, right? And yeah. you got to make those mistakes. <laughs> and I made yeah. them, boy. My, woo, I made them. And um, I'm happy. I'm happy about that, though. You know, yeah. so. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And I can, I can imagine what it was like, you know, you mentioned that the mentor wasn't there, obviously you're definitely talking about <laughs> the one and only, yes. but, but right. you know, the, you know, what I find interesting is that he definitely could have shared some insight because if anybody has been through it as yes. far as, you know, on the top of his game and then the next thing, you know, he was like a media pariah and it was like, yeah, you know, right. nobody would give him any time of day and yeah. And the way he just kind of held himself together and just stayed the course. I mean, yeah, That's I mean, that, that type of information, I mean, that type of insight from somebody who's been there, done that mm -hmm. is like so important yeah. to, be, to be able to lean on that because yeah. especially nowadays and not just in the the entertainment industry, but just life in general. It's just exactly. like, it's just, it's not always going to be excuse my language, it's not always going to be this shitty. Just just stay, stay, the, stay course. the course. Right. Stay the course. Yeah, wow. stay the we, course. We're so surrounded with people trying to tell us who we are. That's it's, it. Yeah. It's, it's really difficult to stay the course until you turn it off. <laughs> so, very true, very true. Yeah. And so, I, so it, I do have to say one thing he said to me because I had talked to him at one point and I was like, you know, I just people aren't, some at the time weren't understanding like, okay, you come from this R and B world. I did. And then, you know, you flip and then you do this, you know, rock soul stuff. And he was like, look, they're not, they're not going to get it. And it's okay. They will come and find you <laughs> when yep. it is time. If they don't yes. understand you quit waiting on people to get it, you know? And it, you know, I think he told me that like maybe yeah. six years ago, but that didn't click at the time. I was like, yeah, whatever. But right. now, <laughs> now, yep. now I, I understand, I understand the conversation for sure. Yep. That's, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Women in rock. I can tell you my, my, my friend Joyce Kennedy will tell you. Yes. <laughs> she will. She said she's, she's always been that, you know, they, they've never, it's funny because in Europe, mother's fight for those who don't know, Joyce Kennedy's uh, lead singer of mother's finest. They've never really been massive here in the United States, but over in Europe, they mm -hmm. sell out stadiums. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're talking about like Rolling Stones level, like stadiums. And it's just, we'll talk about her in a second. And I love her. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. oh, yes. She's the best. You know, so we talked about the fact that you were on the show in 2015. And before that, in 2013, uh, you had actually come through with Elisa Fiorillo and, um, Shelby J and, and Shelby J yes. in, in Atlanta at Piedmont Park. You guys were under a tent, and I actually I got ah. to talk to Shelby and you guys, and I was there as press. And I actually shot a video of you performing uh Why Do You Lie? And what was funny is oh sh what was funny is is that they um is that I thought you know what's gonna end up happening here is that Prince is going to slap my hand for this for sure. Because Prince and I had this relationship where if I wanted to, him to talk to me, he would he absolutely would, you know, boost me up on Facebook and Twitter. And I loved him for that. But if you made him mad, he would go dark for like a couple months. And I said, I'm probably going to get my hand slapped for this. But he actually surprised me because not even 
a day it was like the next day or two days later he actually tweeted about this video and linked to it and he actually liked the video and i was just like are you kidding you just never know with this guy look at you look at you i would put on the video if you guys want to see it just go to youtube.com slash funkatopia and look up live in that channel and you'll be able to yeah i took that video and prince loved it but yeah it was, I am so glad that you're back in the mix again and that you're gonna, you know, that you're performing and doing all this stuff because let me tell you, I am just, um, that was one of the most incredible performances that I had seen in a long time. I had never seen you perform up to that time in 2013. Mm. And I was just like, I'm not really completely clear who this woman is, but it, I'm good. I'm following her to the ends of the earth. Oh, bless you. Thank you. <laughs> it's just, it was unfreaking believable. Mm, thank but you. Again, but it's so good to actually see you back in the mix. Um, you're getting a lot of traction too. Star Tribune yep. put you on a list in an article called Six Cool Things in Music. And you were, you were featured on there with Casey Musgraves and Janet Jackson. Crazy. It was written by John Bream, who was a legend in journalism i mean yes. how, how how cool was it to be included in that mix crazy like <laughs> crazy like I, I like i it was it was really a blessing to see that you know because we've been working so hard as a band you know and again i you know i finally felt like i had a show down that i was really super super proud of not so much of um trying to go into the, in, like to the studio and like really fix it and engineer it and stuff like that. Like, no, I wanted it raw, like yeah. raw. Mm -hmm. And so, but I also took a chance on that. You know what I mean? So, you know, the show was at Cafe Juan, New York. The energy was crazy in the place. I know we're going to talk about it later, but um, I just, Hap, who was the, um, the club owner was like, okay, we'll call, record tonight. So I listened to, I mean, the energy was crazy. The show was great. But when I heard the, you know, the recording back, I was like, okay, wait, this is, this is killing. And you know what? Put it out. You know, that's <laughs> just put it out. Let's just, let's just put it out because my live shows, I feel like for me are very different from, from album recordings. I don't know what it is. I don't yep. know what, what it's what live. Is. It's yeah, it, it is live. That's a curse of yeah. funk bands. It is a curse of funk bands because I hear so many funk bands live and just like, oh my God, you guys are incredible. What an amazing sound. And you guys are just killing it. And then when it gets recorded, it's not the same energy. It's, not, like, it's same. not the same energy. There's something missing. Yeah. This happens frequently with Lettuce. Um, Lettuce is a okay. great, great funk band. I yes. mean, one of the best funk bands on the planet. Yes. But something about when they get into the studio, it's like, squashed down it's like yeah. it doesn't have that same you know it's you can't, it's live is live it's live live all the way live baby yeah. it's just it's yeah it's it's, it's just a sound you know it, we we're talking about like it in two that's not me is it no it's me i'm sorry <laughs> no in 2015 um when i interviewed you ryan waters dropped in and we're talking about the live at cafe what now i don't know uh -huh. we're probably talking about what why they named their venue that yeah, but ryan waters dropped in now he is actually working with you on uh well he was on this recording live uh on this album correct you're yeah. still working with him and yeah and 
yeah. and all that. So that's, yeah. I mean, that's really, really cool that you guys are still working. But so let's, let's go ahead and talk about it. Yeah. Tell me about this amazing live at Cafe Wa album. Uh, it's unavailable. Uh, it's already available on Amazon and, and Spotify. And, and if you guys have not heard it, it's fantastic. Bless. And, and it's rocky too. Yeah. Uh, it's very different. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's definitely rock. So tell yeah. me a little bit about the inspiration about how you were setting up the set list. Were there songs that were cut out of this show? I imagine there probably was. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little bit about the continuity of the album and why you chose the songs that you did and a little bit about well, the history of this album. We had just came off of doing a Spain run at the uh, Canary Islands and we were already going off of amazing energy already. And uh, Cafe Wall was the last show <clears throat> coming back into the States that we were doing. So um, I told the guys I was already feeling it. If you already know me, I, you know, kind of have my little whiskey. I was uh, the energy in the room was already fired up. And I said, you know what? <laughs> we are not doing any slow songs tonight. Like, I really don't want to do like anything slow. Right. And, um, you know, I kind of. For me, I kind of sort of like to feel the room and read the room a little bit. And um, I just, it was just the energy of the people in that place. And so we, I looked at the set list and I was like, well, you know, we kind of did, I think I did um, Soul Lifted, I think, and um, maybe a couple of other slower songs. But the energy, I just, I wanted it to be rock soul vibe. You know, it just called for that. It called for as many of us, we've been dealing with this whole COVID shit. And um, I could just tell people were in their seats feeling like, okay, we need, you know, we need the energy. We just need the vibe. And it just, the, right. the love that I got off the place. Mm. We started off with, um, with more things, which is the first song. And I knew right off the bat, I was like, okay, you could probably hear me saying that on, on the record. Like, okay, I already know what kind of night this is going to be. This is song one. <laughs> Strap you know, hold on, you know what I mean? Get what you need to get because it's going to be crazy. And, um, right. and some songs, yeah, they were left off of the record. Um, they were cool, but, but I think these were definitely songs I wanted to choose that I felt like the direction that I'm going, I, I still like to do the R and B stuff and the slow stuff, but at the same time, I like to just play to the energy. And that night, I'm glad I, I'm glad I put it out because I just feel like, I don't know. It's it's just motivation to to what's next. Honestly, it, something else. I mean, if I put something else out live, which I'm thinking about doing a Cafe Wa Part Two because we are playing there again. Yeah, um, March eighth. March eighth. That's right. That's right. Um, the energy might be a little bit different. It might not be so much rock soul. It might be just whatever whatever it calls for, you know. So, but that night. It definitely called for that. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely called for all of that. <laughs> so we know that Ryan Waters is playing. Who, who else was playing the band? Yeah, you uh, actually did a call out on on the album. Yeah, yeah. Um, so um, Ryan Waters on guitar, of course. Mm -hmm. um, Marlon Patton on drums. Uh, Jay Mac, uh, Justin McKinney on bass. Uh, Daniel Porter on keys and Red on vocals. And uh, a lot of people possibly know Red from um, D'Angelo Vanguard too. He sings with D'Angelo and them too. Um, so it's, it's, it's a crazy band, crazy unit. Um, yeah. That's awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Thank you. It's well, you know, and you know, so we can, again, we're talking a little bit about the, the tracks. I mean, as mentioned, you, 
lean more towards the rock vibe this time, which really suits your vocals in that mother's finest type of type of way. Yeah. Thank you. Um, thank you. you. You just killed it. Obviously um, more things. What is the opening track on this, which uh, is Ryan waters. Who's played with you for a long time. A lot yes. of people also know him. He used to actively play with Chardé as well. Yeah. Still does. Um, uh-huh. And uh, Oh, he still does. I yeah. wasn't aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, More Things is actually a track that's a few years old. It's been around since about 2018. Uh-huh. And then the next song is Crash. I don't think that I had heard that song previously. Is that one of the newer songs of yours? Yes. Uh-huh. Yep. When, when, yeah. When did that come out? Probably, I want to say 2018. Yep. About 2018. Okay. A lot of the stuff I, I tend to want to play it live before I record it. <laughs> Just so I could get it right. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic track. It's, yes. I mean, it definitely follows the vibe of more things. Then you go into Don't Say Much, yep. which is a track from The Unexpected. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you do The Unexpected, which mm-hmm. is a title track of of Unexpected. Yeah. But that track, I always meant to ask you about this, but you know, mm-hmm. I hadn't talked to you since, since Plectrum Electrum came out. Yes. What, did you, what did you originally think when they repurposed unexpected to the song. Wow. On plectrum electrum. Mm. Okay. Let's what were your initial thoughts? And what, <laughs> where was it? You were like, wait, hold on. This really is my track. <laughs> so I was writing with my manager at the time, Yvonne, and I had said to her, I was like, you know, I, what am I going to call this album? I said, you know, I just, for some reason, I just want to call it the unexpected because I know people are going to know this shit is coming from left field for me. Right. So then random, but not um, Prince calls me and was like, so have you, do you have a title for your, it's really weird. Do you have a title for your album? I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to call it the unexpected. And he was like, huh, I like that. He was like, let me write something. And I was like, okay, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> so he was like, give me a day, of course. And this is around when we were at Paisley around the time, I think. Um, and then he, uh, Josh Joshua calls me, Josh calls me. And literally the next day and was on the phone. He was like, I think that's what he said. He was like, um, he didn't man a few words. He was like, live, you need to listen. Put the phone up to the speakers. And it's Third Eye Girl playing Wow, right? I lost it. Like, lost it. You can call it the unexpected or you can call it. And I was just like, wait, I'm like losing it, losing it. So I get on the phone and I go, in my mind, honestly, I'm like calculating, like, what am I going to do with this? This is crazy. Like, I can't redo this song. Like, there's no way. And I told him that. I was like, Prince, I said, this is a really amazing track. Like, I don't think we could. He said, yeah, you're right. <laughs> and I go, okay, so I, let me just come back with my version. Let the, let, let the band and I just like answer back to that. And he was like, all right, bet. And so, <laughs> and then he heard our version. He was, it's so <laughs> funny. Cause it was like almost this beautiful, like play between who's going to try to do what version or who is going to do whose version. And he loved it. And I, and I just, it was, it was so dope to me. I was so excited. And that's when I think around the time, I think uh, when he put it out on a third eye girl, Electrum Electrum, 
and then unexpected. I, I was tripping off that, but he he loved the version because in my mind I was thinking like, how would Tina? How that's what I thought initially right off the bat. Like, how right. would Tina Turner like flip right. this? So yeah, yeah. He was yeah, like, yeah, you can't. Yes, you can't play the song like us. <laughs> <laughs> so you go ahead and do your version. <laughs> I would say I'll give, I'll give it a shot if it's the challenge. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Tyrone Hendrix, um, Tyrone Ryan, and uh, Chris Turner, they did an amazing job. I mean, we were in Portland when we did it, and it was just, we just, it just came together. It was dope. It was really dope. That's awesome. So, The Unexpected's on this album, and then follow that with Embrace Me, which mm-hmm. is, that's a track from your album from 15 years ago. Yeah. I mean, Ooh. that was like, I mean, how did you? Was that song really just stand out to you, or did you kind of just like look at your look at that album and go, I need to play something off of this? Or is that just a song that just stuck with you over the years? I mean, the, I was just curious why you picked that particular track off of that album. With that album is killer, by the way. Thank so, you. why you know, was there a specific reason why you decided to, to pull Embrace Me out of the mix? <clears throat> Not really, it's kind of all of those things that you just mentioned. I think it was just it's one of those groove things on the record. Um, because that album is so niche in my mind. Yeah. Very soul kind of, yeah. It's very, it's very, very beginning live and I love it. And I get very particular with people who play that record, that first album, because that was, that's like for real, my baby. Um, so embrace me is, was more, it's something that I feel comfortable playing with everybody else. Um, and I don't know. I, I love it. It's just it's got that bop to it, though. And I think everybody it's easy for everybody to sing it. So it's also very cool to see everybody being like, ba, ba, da. It's, yeah. it's, it's just one of those. Yeah. It's, it's one of track. those. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, it's a great track. It really is. Thank and you. then the next song on the album we're talking about for those of you just joining us. Obviously, we are joined by the amazing Liv Warfield, who has got a brand new album called Live at Cafe Wa. And we are kind of going over the tracks. We got a, uh, like four more tracks here to talk about just kind of briefly because I wanted to go over some of the thought processes that were going on. Sure. Man- Mantra is the next song. And mm-hmm. now you put out this single a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. And during this album, and we're going to get maybe just deep just for a second. Sure. Uh, on the live album, you started this song by telling people in the audience repeatedly, walk in your truth, walk in your light. And you mm-hmm. said that like repeatedly, walk in your truth, walk in your light. Can you kind of expand on, on that? Yeah. Is that your personal mantra? Yeah. 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 Um, question. It is because I know for me how far, how far I've come to get to this point, you know, um, because I don't put a lot of my trials and tribulations on blast um that often it's just that i i know what it's i know what it's taken me to get to this point i felt like i've had it and i lost it many times and so um with mantra i just was like okay live this song has got to be something where you telling people to walk that path because at the end of the day the sun is still gonna rise whether you like it or not, it's, 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 it's going to. So you just have to learn to put one foot in front of the other brother, sis, you have to, 
it's going to be this path today or this path tomorrow or, you know, whatever you choose. But this it's going to be like this. But you got to you just got to stay focused. So you have to walk in your light, whatever that is, because everybody's story is individually theirs. And so for me, <clears throat> I had to keep saying that for myself. OK, Liv, you got to walk in it. All, all, everything that has been good is going to be good and everything that's bad. It's OK. Walk through it. You're good. You know, and I think um, it just every time I sing it, it just and then also it was coming off. That song was definitely coming off of the energy. And when Prince passed, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Right. OK. Like I was saying earlier, like it's not like I can get on the phone and call or be like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? Or, what you know, and like replaying all of the things that from student teacher master teacher what like that's i have to just kind of have a photographic memory in in my mind of what you what you said you know before so it's your right. path, girl <laughs> you you know your parents if some people have parents are here here or not here you know you just you know you just kind of got to keep keep going you know you got to yeah. keep pushing yeah and the other thing too you know you did mention prince because um, the next song on the album is a cover of When I Lay My Hands On You. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting choice of songs. Yeah. And um, the vocal approach on this was very different. Yeah. Uh, the way that you kind of approach this song. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how you, I guess, why, why you decided that that particular song was going to be out of his entire collection. <laughs> yeah. his, his library of songs. What really spoke to you about that song? When I, I've heard it tons of times, but it was something about watching him at Montreux. Oh, yeah. That blew my mind. <laughs> that, yeah. Mm -hmm. and he opened so, Montreux with that, didn't he? Didn't he, he opened Montreux with that on I, one of the nights. Yeah, he did. With yeah. John Quill. And, uh, I always wanted it to feel, I wanted it to feel dramatic, you know, and Red was just an incredible vocalist. I wanted us to like duel this vocal. To, I wanted it to be so dramatic that you feel it. I, I just wanted the intensity to be there. I wanted it to be long and drawn out and airy, airy as much as possible. Yeah, so that was the approach that I wanted. Like, Take your time with it, Ryan. Don't rush. Nobody rush. Let's just make it theatrical as much as possible. Right. Feel every word, feel every lyric, because I'm a lyric person. I want you to feel every bit of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Let it breathe, right? Let it breathe. Yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> so important. So important. Well, it's a great, I mean, I like the added guitar picking that that Ryan was doing on it. It was like, it was just very, very different. It's so if you guys want to hear a great cover of that song, when I lay my hands on you, it's on Liv's new album. Yes. And then of course you have uh, two, you have Blackbird part mm -hmm. one and Blackbird part two uh, <laughs> that actually close out the album. So talk about, talk about those tracks. We cannot not have a show without playing Blackbird. Okay. You're right. Yeah. You can't. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Like, I, I promise you, I probably have tried to run from it and to be like, no, we're not playing that tonight. And then, like, we have to play it. 
um it's just one of those songs ryan killed kills like he wrote it and just it's a joy to play it is amazing to play and i love where it goes it's never the same every time we play it which is why i enjoy it so much because it just morphs into like something else so and I, and, I, and I love that about the guys and musicians. I just, I like that they like to just go and flow with the energy sometimes, you know, having, yeah. having that, uh, what should I say? Playing parts is amazing. Like I, I love for them to play parts, but when they can let go, go, <laughs> please. Yeah. Uh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, just what I think I appreciate most about the album, um, because this wasn't recorded that long ago. Right. No. Uh, when was it recorded? <laughs> January was it? Yeah. Was no, it? Uh, no, no. J July twenty eighth. We did oh, July twenty eighth. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, there wasn't a whole bunch of production work or anything that was done on this. Um, I I just kind of feel like it was it was so raw and so real and just mm -hmm. had a really really great live vibe to it, and it just had that rock just the rock edge that I mean you deliver rock vocals you know, better than, than, you know, the greats that have come before you, every from Tina to Joyce. To, I mean, it's just it is what it is. I mean, it's just a killer. Um, so yeah, it is, it's a fantastic album. You guys can check it out. Are the physical copies out of this album yet? Not yet. Okay. I'm so trying to get everybody to want physical copies. Well, I, I love the fact that even though this album just screams, come see me. And that, yeah. that's, oh yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like that's the point. It it screams, "Come see me!" Like that's it. Yeah. So anyone who doesn't will be like, "Oh, I heard the album. I can't believe I missed it. When is she back in town?" Blessings. Thank you. Right. Exactly. Perfect segue because you've got a European tour that's coming up to support yes. this album. But before you do that, on March 8th, um, at Cafe Wa again. Yeah. Uh, you're gonna be in New York. So mm -hmm. for those in the states. He, she's coming to where you are in New York on March 8th. Mm -hmm. So what, why did you decide to come back to that? And I know you were talking about a possibility of a part two, but was mm -hmm. that the purpose or the reasoning for this, that second visit to this? Venue? No, I wanted to play before we went overseas. I, I wanted to lock in unity with the guys before we, before we head overseas. And then also, snag some of that cafe law energy before we leave <laughs> um, you know because the place that place is so it was really incredible like the energy in the room is amazing um so i i just want to go back there and just feel that one more time and then you know we're also kind of using the night to celebrate the release of cafe Wa for the for the live album so it's also kind of maybe just sending us off with some really good energy in europe because I'm excited, but I'm nervous too. But I'm ex I'm excited at the same time. Uh, it's I mean, so but you're doing that, and then you're going on this European tour. So for yes. those folks in Europe, yes, uh, you guys a lot of dates coming up. Stockholm, mm -hmm. uh, actually, I think you have you actually have the you do look at you look at you all look at you already look at you already. Stockholm on March 11th, mm -hmm. Oslo March 12th, Zurich. March 14th, Paris, March 17th. That should be awesome. Uh, Birkenhead, March 18th, London, March 19th. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Europe is definitely getting, are, are you planning 
are you just seeing how this European tour goes before you decide whether or not any more, you, you know, gigs in the States are going to happen? Um, no, I'm planning. I really want to do some more shows in the States. Um, I do have a show in my hometown of Peoria, Illinois, April 23rd, but I definitely want to book some more shows in the States. It's funny because I really haven't played. I, I play a lot in the East coast, but I want, yeah, ATL, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I want you so bad. Uh, yes, listen. Let us know. We'll, we'll, we'll pull some strings and, we and pull some strings. No, man, we, yeah, we, we can, we can definitely find you a venue here for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I, I just want to play in the States a little bit more, which I haven't had a chance to do a lot of, but yeah. So I hopefully, hopefully when we come back. Yeah. So when you're doing these European tours, I mean, you've done the European tours before. Are you received really well over there as a solo act? I mean, how, how has your experience been over there as far as reception is concerned? Yes. I absolutely it's, love it. Just so much more mu better music fans than, than we are here. <laughs> <laughs> Not that we aren't great music fans. We are. Absolutely. Um, it, it's just that they embrace it like right. wholeheartedly and they just go. Yeah, wholeheartedly, uh, and I appreciate just, that. I oh, do, yeah. and I, I, I really appreciate the support. I do, like hands down. I really appreciate it because honestly, a, a lot of the excuse me, the folks from Paris and and London and stuff like that, um, they just constantly have kept me lifted up. You know, yeah. really lifted up. So yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then because I'm also doing the June moon, I also do a June moon project, which I'm a part of. Um, it's yeah. definitely a different vibe, but it's such a dope record. Like it's such a dope record. It's a whole nother side of me, but it's it's a great regret. Now, are you on that entire? I thought you were just on one particular track. Are you on no, the whole album? The whole or, album. Now, yeah. June moon is from Paris, right? Paris, yes. Okay. So wh when is that? Do you have it? When's that coming out? It's already out. It came out in September. Oh my God. And I, think, you know, it, I, I think that's probably the confusion to a lot of people think it's probably just like one song, um, but it's the whole album. It's really, really quite incredible. Wow. It's an incredible project. It's very wow. different. Yeah. Is it more different. jazz or I haven't heard it yet. So. I don't really know how to, it's more like alternative R&B um, Man, it's really hard to describe, to be honest with you. It's very cool. It's very, very cool. It's not really, I wouldn't say it was like, it sounds R&B. It has its own DNA. It's really quite incredible. Check it out. Well, you got me, you yeah, definitely please. piqued my interest for sure. Well, there's Carolyn. a song coming out tomorrow called Lover that I wrote on it. Um, and I'm sure people will, will understand the dedication. But that comes out tomorrow. The live version of it tomorrow, actually. I'm definitely gonna check that so, out. Yeah, is yeah. It, is it out in in vinyl? Yeah, um, it's out. I in vinyl. Ask it that way because I really appreciate the fact that you're you're putting things out in like vi mantra on your website. Yes. You know, there's a vinyl, and so many people are holding back. Well, I'm waiting until, and if people want it, they can get it. But you're just like put it out in vinyl. I'm think because I collect vinyl. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Same. Yeah, same. Yeah, vinyl is really nice. It it, it can kind of get expensive, as we know. Yeah. But um, I I do like vinyl. So, it, but June Moon is on vinyl too, and I'm I'm working on getting the live at Cafe Wa on vinyl. 
awesome. That's, that'd be great. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I, I tell you what's a would be a fantastic, and I don't know if she's released it on vinyl yet. Is Donna Grantis's album? <laughs> that album. That album. If, is if, okay, for for those of you guys who, um, and I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on the title of that album now. Um, for those of you who loved the bootlegs that you guys heard on the Third Eye TV mm-hmm. stuff, the Menstrual Cycle, um, uh, all those tracks, all those musical tracks you have to get Donna Grantis's album yes. because it literally is yeah. like almost a continuation of that instrumentally. It's just this, it's that third eye girl instrumental stuff, but it's just her at the core and it's, Oh man, it's just fantastic. It's Some albums were made for vinyl. That album was made for vinyl. Right. Cafe. What album you just did be fantastic on vinyl. The only thing annoying about vinyl is, having to go over and flip the album over in the middle. It's just like, that, yes thank you arlene diamonds and dynamite yeah. yes you're correct um that album donna grant's diamonds and dynamite is just and live and, and seeing donna live yes i mean I've, I've seen video clips but i have not been in her presence to see her play live now it's chilling it's oh i bet so incredible it's just intense (laughs) yeah again if you guys i'm not to cross promote but you know you guys are friends they're fine yes diamonds and dynamite if you love that third eye girl instrumental stuff all that stuff that came out on the third eye tv stuff you got to get that album because it's just like that like and it's phenomenal yes um so who who else besides june moon because you seem to be every now and then I'll hear little quips about you sat in with this person. You, is there any other side projects that you had going on that we don't know about that maybe like yeah. some you sat in? I did a, um, it's called Toyland. I did a little thing with Ray Angry, Black Thought, Quest Love. Like, um, wow, really? So you get a little the roots action in there. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It's really intense. It's pretty amazing song. And, and who, what album is it on? Ray what? Angry's. Ray angry. Okay. Yep. And, uh, yeah, black thought is on it. And, uh, and quest love and Pino Palladino is pretty <laughs> insane. I just, like... I, I really, <laughs> I was really trying to dive in. And a, a lot of these musicians, a lot of good friends of mine really kept my head above water by keeping me in projects and, um, and constantly writing and creating, you know, so I'm thankful for them for just, keeping me busy, you know? And then I was doing theater for the past six months in Chicago, you know, um, playing Cleopatra. So I just kind of be like, just stay busy, Liv. (laughs) Stay busy, girl. Yeah, we'll have to have you on again to talk about the Cleopatra stuff. It's insane. I mean, I joined the circus, really. And, and and it's no okay. Hold on, time out. We gotta get the story now. No, I, <laughs> I did. Honestly, okay. Doing what? What did you do in it? Teatro Zanzani. So I sang, and I was. Um, it's it's kind of like playing Madame Zanzani, but um, it's song and theater, and there's contortionist, there's jugglers, there's it's the sickest thing, and I'm, I'm like ever. It's in a over a hundred year old circus tent inside uh, a hotel, Cambria Hotel in Chicago on the 14th floor. It's the most amazing thing ever. It's like the sickest show. Is there a video it's, of this? Yes, there's, vi- there's video. 
Okay, we got. And see so this. I have to say, like, um, I've been training for Ariel. I've been training so I can kind of do it. Hopefully, next time I'm there. A <laughs> lot of Ariel people are, are doing Ariel right now, and until this, yeah. until the the pandemic passes or whatever. Are you experiencing really that with great. anybody? It's really great. It's totally changed me. Like, oh I, yeah, my daughter loves Ariel. She she started so doing good. Ariel, but we can't we can't find any place that does it close to here. So it's like okay. a forty five minute drive one way. It's like oh, I, 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 I'm yeah, glad yeah. that you love it, but God dang. <laughs> But I'm telling you, it is it, it's it's so <laughs> worth it. And people have to see the show. It's called Teatro Teatro Zenzani. It's it's comedy, it's chaos, it's dinner. There's like a three-course dinner. Like wow. Dude, I'm gonna invite you to Chicago, both of you. Anytime we'll you want, you come into the show. You just tell us we're there. Yes, yes. We're, absolutely. Kiaria wants to know: would you ever consider playing Tina Turner on Broadway? Oh wow. <laughs> Uh, I mean, uh, well, boy, <laughs> I, I would love to do Broadway, like hundred percent. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I don't even know if I could even handle playing Tina. Um, she's a monster. She's a beast. She, she's a beast, and I would love to do Broadway. What I hope, I hope that happens. I really do hope that happens. I hope that's in my card somewhere. Well, you play I, and. Correct me if I'm, well, not correct me. I know this is a fact. You played the Apollo sold out. Now, this wasn't the main, the main stage was it was like a, no. was like a, so, okay. But, but you, the fact that you were in the Apollo and yes, I mean, tell me about that experience because I mean, you think about the legends that have walked through that, those halls. Yeah. Tell me right. about what it's like playing the Apollo. Oh, <clears throat> The energy in that place, you definitely can feel it when you walk through the doors. Okay. It's really incredible. Like everybody, everybody there at the Apollo is like, honestly, it's like family environment. And they're super supportive. Just walking there and like touching, like touching the stump and stuff like that. It's just really crazy. And just to know that, you know, the amateur and like James Brown and just, just to know the history of people who have stepped in this building. Billy Holiday, mm -hmm. just Ella Fitzgerald. I mean, Everybody. clearly the list goes on, but it's just Phyllis Hyman. I just, it's crazy. Just, and, and Apollo has always been very welcome. You know, their energy there is always. To, to, to some folks. <laughs> Uh -oh. it, can, it can be a brutal. No, I'm not saying I don't have any personal. Oh, oh I know, but... I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. I, that's why as long I, as there's no like... Sandman on the on the side stage, you're good. <laughs> I honestly act like that's why I love New York, though. Too at the same time, like I just really love their honesty. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how, just how they feel, really. I mean, there's no. <laughs> I mean, no holding back. Yeah. No. <laughs> Exactly. You really want to know? <laughs> exactly. Trust me. I think the first time I played there, um, I I was like, oh my God. Like, please, you guys, please, somebody just don't boo me. I really don't <laughs> want this. I don't want this feeling. Like, I cannot take yeah. it if that's the case, you know? Because I mean, that's all I saw when I growing up, amateur night, of course. Right. Oh, yeah. It's like, yeah. 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 Every single time. <laughs> you were just like, you knew when the Sandman was yes. going to come out too. Just like, yes. oh, the second yeah. that they opened their mouth, they were like, oh, he's coming. Yes. He's coming. <laughs> he's coming. Do I hear sirens? 
Uh, he got more polite over the years and just kind of just kind of lightly would like guide them off the stage. But <laughs> man, back in the oh, man, back in the you day, speak. I mean, it was like brutal. Oh, it was just yeah. like. <laughs> <laughs> But somebody was spreading the rumor that you were hurt at the Apollo the, the Apollo show that you did. I, I heard somebody saying that, but I guess you dispelled that. Tell me about where that rumor even started, or do you even know? I think it was on Twitter. I listen. Somebody <laughs> said something about Twitter, and I had posted a picture of me singing, falling to my knees, and it it was just this picture. It looks like I was probably in pain. So I, <laughs> so I said, "No, honey, this is just me feeling this note." So Just feel it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought it was really let it all hang out. <laughs> Liv hurt herself, and I'm like, okay. No, no she didn't. No. Yeah. yeah, so but you know, your stage show has has changed a lot over mm -hmm. the years. I mean, you know. Even when I saw you back in 2013, that first time, it was just the energy and the and the just moving back and forth and the talking and really engaging the audience i mean it was just so much so much energy and verve but again your show has definitely changed over the years and especially as you started working more and more with prince mm -hmm. um what are some of the things that you learned about your performances after working with him for so long that you that you probably still carry carry with you to this day is there something specific that you can remember that he guidance he gave you about your onstage persona or how you carry yourself or how you perform or where you stand? Is there some things that like click in your mind every single time you step foot on the stage? No, <clears throat> honestly, I, uh, <clears throat> I think I just try to tap in as much as I can. Like, and you always do. Yeah. I, I, I try, I try to tap in. It's just, you know, maybe I maybe I worry about the what I'm gonna wear, or I'm trying to get better with different musicians now at this point because it's, it's kind of a different crew of. As we keep doing these shows, what the what story do I want to tell? Really? Yeah. Because mm -hmm. emotionally, it's gonna be what it's gonna be, but at the same time, there's also a story involved too, and I want people to be able to feel those emotions and the storytelling and the lyrics and. And all of those things, because nothing, believe me, nothing is put on. Everything is very tapped in. All of us are. <clears throat> we have a great time, too. We have a wonderful time. Sometimes oh, yeah. we are going over an hour 30 <laughs> and they're like, stop, stop. You know, and it's just and I, and I love that. I, I love that. So anytime that we can kind of take ourselves to a place. And I think that's what I learned from Prince for the most part is being disciplined enough to know the music and people playing their parts, but being open and available enough to be tapped in musically, you know, to feel, to open your ears up to what people are playing and what people are doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And mm -hmm. as a, as a performer myself, I mean, I, I know when that happens cause I did, yeah. I did the, the, the lead vocalist role for, for a long time and something yeah. happens where you, once you step on the stage, it's like a switch goes off and it's like you just right. You just pour yourself into it. Yeah. But one of the things that you know you said, which was really, really important to that performance, is knowing that everybody else that's on that stage is going is has got their parts down. Yeah. You don't have to worry about whether or not they're gonna go into the solo in the right time, but they're gonna you know. Yeah. It, having that trust and not 
you know, worrying about what's going on behind you is plays a really important part in performances right. for sure. Right. Right. And it's always great that, you know, you've been playing with some of these, you've been playing with Ryan for a really long time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we talked about comparing you to a lot of different people. Um, you know, and I've seen everything online from, you know, Tina Turner to Aretha to everything else, but you know, somebody that you remind me of a lot, uh, not from the raunchiness side of perspective, but, um, but from the energy and the grit, mm. uh, would be Betty Davis. Oh, wow. Who passed away last week, last mm -hmm. Wednesday. We we're talking a little bit about her. And I actually saw that you mentioned her on your timeline recently. Yeah. When was the, I know that Prince used to, who did, who did I read an interview about that Prince played, um, I think he said it to Andy Allo, which was like, mm -hmm. which really weird because Andy and Betty are like so far apart. Mm -hmm. uh, but <clears throat> he would play Betty Davis and he would let, he would say, that's what I'm going for right there. That's, mm -hmm. that's, that's what, I, that's the energy. That's where you just, you're, you're, you're in it. Mm -hmm. um, when was the first time you ever heard Betty Davis? Um, like, did you hear when you were young or was no. it something you were introduced to a lot later? Uh, a lot later. I think when <clears throat> I want to say on my own though, when I think this is maybe in 2010, 2011, when I, when I was first introduced to mother's finest and then I started to dig deeper, like, okay, rock soul vocalist. And then it was like Betty Davis. And then I was kind of like, because I was a big Pointer Sisters, huge Pointer Sisters fan. And I really? ended up finding out that, you know, a lot of them did background vocals for Betty Davis. And I just started digging more in Betty Davis. And I was like, oh, God, like they say I'm different. Annie Love Song, Anti Love Song. Like, I was yeah. like, what is going on? Um, I just yeah. it blew my mind because I love bass and guitar. And I love it, especially when they do it rhythmically. Yeah, and yeah. It's just something about that duality that drives me insane. Because yeah. I and <clears throat> I just was like, yeah, all these grooves are crazy. She's gritty. It's not worried about necessarily singing pretty, but just singing. Yeah, you know? just raw, very, very raw. She didn't do a lot of takes in the in the studio, and you know. <laughs> Uh, I, I know this has never been documented anywhere, but if anybody had ever heard the song dedicated to the press yeah. uh, at the end of that song, that is Prince's call <laughs> that, 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 that is his, I mean, she, she did it way before Prince ever did it. And it like, literally it was, she was doing, I, I can't do it right now. Yeah. <laughs> she was doing, she was doing it like three years before Prince's first album ever came out. And she did it like multiple times on the end of that song dedicated to the press. And uh, it's just, uh, man, anyways, it's, I, I always think about just that raw and, and grittiness because that, that's always the one thing I get from your performances is just how raw that mm -hmm. you are mm -hmm. um, because you kind of just get into it and you just pour yourself into the music very much like Betty Davis did very much like Tina Turner did, mm -hmm. you know, it's just like when she felt it, you just got to, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, you've heard P 
people compare you to Aretha and and Chaka Khan and everything else. But who, you know, you mentioned the Pointer Sisters, but who else were your actual singing inspirations? Um, hmm. uh, in the beginning, in the beginning, Donny Hathaway. Oh, um, yes. Of course, yeah. Etta James, when I really started to be like, okay, Liv, you got a little vocal? <laughs> and then I, Etta James, um, and then Sade, huge. Sade was huge, very probably yeah, inspiration for my first album. And then, um, and, and of course, Whitney. Whitney was my first probably introduction. And actually, let me, Whitney was my first, and then Nat King Cole was my second. Like introduction to like, this is what I want to do. Man, it's, I mean, I, I think about how many, how much influences I wonder just how some of these, how many of these artists have had on you that just subliminally you just kind of absorbed because you just, there, there's so much of all of them that are in your performance. It's just, you know, yeah. but I, I do want to speak about, Jeff, you were going to say something. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. I was, I was just thinking about it. And with all those people, uh, when you when you're coming up with something or when you're feeling something, mm -hmm. do you ever think to yourself that there's a specific one of those artists that you're invoking, like like that you're pulling from in in a song when you're performing? Yeah, um, definitely. Over the past, for me, I just feel like I guess invoking it, but uh, like, yeah. like Tina, like Tina, yeah, um, for sure, Tina and um, Joyce Kennedy, like for me, those two, um, really changed me, <laughs> really, really changed me. Nice. We're laughing because of the notes I have. The very next bullet is Joyce Kennedy that we're. <laughs> The, and, and this this is really funny. That's the reason why we both smiled because it's like because I, I I've always thought that out of all the artists that I can think of, while the grit and the energy that I I always think of Betty, as far as delivery is concerned, Joyce yeah. Kennedy from Mother's Finest, who I have been listening to since the seventies. Okay. Um, I was born in '68, so I'm a child of the '70s. Uh -huh. Jeff Page won't let me say his age, uh, <laughs> yeah. but but uh, anyways, I was born in '68, so I was a child of the '70s. So I was turned on to Mother's Finest very early up in Detroit. Okay, and um, loved her to death. I spent, I actually spent in time interviewing her <clears throat> a couple of times, and uh, the first time of which was uh, was literally like eight years ago. Mm -hmm. And it was really kind of unexpected because what was funny about it was um, it was I was called in to interview her at the show. I was just supposed to be there taking pictures of press. And I thought that I was just going to go in here and it was be real quick. And it was going to be five minutes. Yeah. And it was going to be you know, a bunch of people around. And so I was going to be a couple questions in. And that's not what happened at all. They bring me into this room. They bring me into this room. And I'm like. I'm like sitting there with Joyce and, and, and her husband in this room, in this small room. And I'm just like, 
I, I, I'm like totally just blown away because I'm like, I'm sitting here with. It took bands like us. And literally, this is actually an edited video, but it was like an hour and a half interview with her in this small room with her and her husband. And they are just unloading on me. And I'm just like, this is the most amazing thing that I mean. I, literally, I may look like I'm holding it together, but I'm losing my shit right here. Yeah, because yeah. I'm, I'm <laughs> standing with friggin' it's just it's it's unreal. Um, and so what I find cool is that you know you actually had an opportunity to meet with her as well. Yes, uh, and talk with her just recently. Yes, uh, on your Whiskey Wednesdays. Yes. So first, I want I want you to talk to me, tell people about your Whiskey Wednesdays. Uh, second, is there a Whiskey Wednesday that's, that's happening tomorrow? What's happening on it? But more so than anything, what was it like to interview Joyce on the Whiskey Wednesday? Okay, so I didn't get a chance to do it because we had to postpone it. Um, oh, she, no. I, was I, know, like, I haven't you, seen uh, it. I was trying to find it. I was like... Because I I, like, <laughs> oh, for no. me, I really want this interview to happen. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I can call her. Like... <laughs> I, I, I really want this to go down uh, with her and I. Oh my God. There's so many things. I just feel connected to her in some ways, you know? Uh. And um, yes, in Whiskey Wednesday. So I just try to talk to it, doesn't have to be artists, it could be anybody in the arts or anything like that. Just more so having a conversation. Like if you were to walk into a bar and you saw Dion Cole or Jamie Foxx and having a whiskey, what would you say? That's kind of like one of those things. Like it doesn't, it's, it's just kind of that vibe, that kind of energy. Like, Hey, you know, for me, I love my whiskey and you know, anytime I'm with my friends, I just like, let's just have like real conversation, not like anything, not like an interview, but just kind of like what's on your mind, whatever that, whatever that is. So we got to do one of those. Yeah, please. Hello. (laughs) What's your favorite whiskey? Um, uncle nearest right now. I like Jameson, but I love Uncle Nearest. Mm. I really love Uncle Nearest. It's I don't new, know that I've tried it. I'm gonna have to try it. It's an amazing brand, black But brand. I I will reach out to Joyce on your behalf and I will say, please con- connect with Liv. Absolutely. Because she's um it actually it our relationship continued for a little bit because my daughter uh started becoming started be- being friends with this drummer and he she told me who it was that she went to high school with her, with him. Uh-huh. Come to find out, it was Joyce's son. What? I was just like, what is happening here? What so, is happening? Yeah. So yeah. So my daughter and and uh, Joyce's son were were hanging out, and uh, I. We'll oh, that's that. cool. We'll just leave that story there. Okay. Okay. But it was just like <laughs> it was just really bizarre um, that she went. They would, they live somewhere around here. I okay, have not been to the house, okay. but I will reach out on your behalf because we got it. I want to because you two are the same people, just obviously born in different eras, but it's you're the same, exactly the freaking same. Um, <laughs> uh, anyways, uh, what was happening here? Did you did you say that the 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 audio was loud on that on that video? Yeah, in the video, the audio was a bit loud. Yeah, I didn't even hear it in here at all. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, Liv, you heard it too? It was really loud? Uh, just a little. Oh, okay. All right. We'll have to fix it in post. Uh, <laughs> um, but anyways, <coughs> so you don't have anything going on tomorrow. 
no, um, no, it's okay. right. no, no. All right. So let's, we're, we're going to close this out. But what, what I right. want to do is we're, we started a series called funk, the funk, funk. Um, that we've done. We've done a couple episodes of it. Uh, first episode was phenomenal because we yes. had like a bunch of different artists on. We had, you know, Tony M and we had Morris Hayes okay. and we had all these artists on, um, there was a bunch of people. We had Garrett Scheider from Parliament Funkadelic. Okay. Uh, everybody came on the show to talk about depression. Okay. Right? And it was something that we just felt like it needed to be done because right mm -hmm. now, I've, you know, the world is just so heavy right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm not saying that in the 70s, hey, man, that's heavy, hippie way. Yeah. Um, <laughs> even though I was a child of that era, being born in 68, mm -hmm. Jeff Page. <laughs> uh, but the world is just thick with stress mm -hmm. and people are on edge everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. What are some, what's some good advice that you have for people that are just kind of feeling like they're on the edge or, or, or capped out? I mean, I know you kind of, you know, touched on it a little bit, but you know, what are some of the things that you would say to, you know, just kind of keep yourself motivated and positive that you might be able to um, pass on to somebody that's kind of feeling in some kind of way right now? Yeah. Okay. People need to go outside. <clears throat> I know this is mm. crazy, but this is kind of like, I've done this in the past. Ground yourself. Meaning, get yourself connected back to the source. The universal source, whatever you call that. God, Yahweh, whatever. Mm. Take your shoes off, go to the ground and connect your feet to the ground from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet. And when you do that and you center yourself and whatever it is, whether you call out to the sky, because I know one thing that I know when my mother did when I was born is she raised me to the sky. Now, when you reach out to the source, people just have to reach out to the source and ask for what you want. It may not come when you want it on the first time, whatever the case may be, but when you constantly give gratitude and thanks to the source, the universal source, it will come. Eventually it will be there. Some people just need a reset. It's, it's called just reset yourself because all this chaos that we have to deal with the social media, social media has just added an extra thing on what we do from day to day living. So for me, and surround yourself around people who get it. Surround yourself around people who will constantly encourage you. Constantly. Like mold yourself, create your circle. Right. Tribe will be there. Your tribe will be there for you and they will surround you. You know what I mean? Some people go out looking for it. Listen, you go out and you ask for the source. It's right there. Your neighbor. That's what's so crazy. Your neighbor. And people, but that's the thing is people don't even want to, we don't talk to each we'll other talk. anymore. <laughs> we don't. Yeah. We don't. And the mask thing is, is excuse. Right. You could still, you could still see pride in people's eyes. You could still see it in people's eyes. Windows of the soul. You could still see it, you know? Yeah. So. Absolutely. Do you have a specific person? I mean, there are many people that you can reach out to, but do you have that one specific that's your rock when you need a boost when you know you're feeling it because sometimes it's difficult to just on your own you have that one i have a lot hmm. of really good friends meaning three 
<laughs> well, I say a lot. Yeah. I have three people that I know. And then that's the thing. We can leave off for 10 years and not call each other. We can yeah. leave off for five or three months. But we know that if one calls, even if it's through a text or whatever the case may be, I know that that person is going to be there. And even if you, that's the thing is sometimes even if you don't have that person somewhere, brothers and sisters, you have to tap into that side and first give thanks because you are still here and you are still breathing. Yes. You're right. still, yeah. still here. You know, I have Armstrong, <laughs> my pup. He's energy. If my husband's not there, he's energy. It's it to me. I feel like it's all energy. It's it's energy. It's frequency. And when you put it out, you just have to allow yourself to be open. You know, it took me a long time to learn that. I was I was a hothead. It doesn't seem like it, but I had a real harsh attitude when um when things necessarily weren't going my way. Like depression was heavy on me. I got through some serious, serious stuff in my life. Mental health for sure for me. That's mm -hmm. that's a big thing for me. Because I used to fall into to depression quick, very right. quick. And I had to learn how to really center myself. Even if I didn't have my husband to call, my parents to call, none of that. I had to really start learning to love myself. I was yeah. beating myself up constantly. I was criticizing myself, comparing myself. The confidence was like not there. But I just had to learn to start spending time with myself and start loving myself, spending time with myself. You know, yeah, that, yeah. it's not an easy thing to do. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's tough <laughs> to kind of sit down and say, what what do I like about myself? What do I, right. you know, but and you know, I think that's kind of what a lot of people are going through, too, is that they sit down and they go, man, I just don't. Um, there's nothing that I like about myself. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, you know, how, how do you even direct a person like that? It's just like. Okay. Right. There's right. gotta be something, you know, mm -hmm. or, or, and, and if you can't find something that you like about yourself, ask your friends, they mm -hmm. will tell you what there is to like about yourself. You, you mm -hmm. can't, because if you're in a negative headspace, it's just, it, it can really tear you down and it can start having a really big effect on you. I know one of the big things that works is meditation That's it. And, and focus. And you do that quite a bit from what mm -hmm. I understand. I, I've, I've seen you you know, some of your posts kind of focus on that. Yeah. Tell me about your process. This is kind of like a, a little two-part question sure. that will kind of close things out here. But mm -hmm. tell me about your process, about how you get in that zone as far as focus and meditation. Uh, what do you do to get in your zone? And, you know, are the specific things you have to turn off? Obviously, things like TV and other things like that need to be yeah. turned off. Phones need to be turned off. Mm. But what's the process that you get into to kind of Put yourself in that state of mind well i i had to start creating a routine mm. for myself throughout the day um like waking up in the morning and caught like i'm so serious you all like creating a routine whether it's going downstairs boiling that coffee or tea and just even looking out the window outside closing my eyes and being like all right <laughs> this is step one of the day you know, mm -hmm. it was just as simple as that. Nothing crazy, 
But I really, really, really had to create that routine. So that that just started to become a part of my life mm. because that's when things started to turn around. Then I would add stretching. You know, my, my best friend would tell me, she'd be like, girl, I'm telling you, you always be complaining about your shoulders and your body. Cause I'm telling you, I was walking around so tight. I could, mm -hmm. I could, I was walking around. My shoulders were so tight. My, I felt the weight of everything. And then after that, I started stretching. Right. And it's so easy to talk about this stuff. And it also sounds kind of like redundant because I know people hear it all the time. Like, oh my God, you got to stretch and blah, blah, blah. But it's true. Mm. Even if, even if it's, even if it's that, mm. even if it's that you've woken up all the senses in your body and that had to become routine. Like even my husband, like <laughs> child, he wakes up in, in the morning when I saw him doing that, he sit at the corner of the bed, just chilling with his eyes closed. And I was like, what's going on? You okay? He was like, you know, like I'm having my moment. And I respected that I got that because that's his, that's his routine to start him off in the day. So I think people just need to re develop whatever that routine is to just kind of wake up the senses here. There, mm -hmm. ground yourself and create the routine, and love on your content. Love on yourself. Little things. Love on yourself. Not go buy the Birkin bag. <laughs> if you got the money, child, go get it. I'm not mad. But love on yourself. Right. Yeah, it's important. Meaning foods. Meaning, <laughs> meaning every once in a while, like I had to go buy, you know, a little pH core water. Love on yourself. It's the little things, really. It's the little things. Yeah. I'm not saying go vegan or anything. I mean, shout out to the ones that are. Right. <laughs> right. I wish I could do it, but so, I uh, wish I could too, but I can't. Uh, <laughs> I did 45 days. You said what? I did a 45 day. Um, oh, did you get angry? Uh, actually, I didn't. I did, you I did, didn't. But oh, I'm angry now. <laughs> I caught such the harshest attitude and I said, I can't do it, but I can incorporate more of the living things into my, to my body, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. So people just create a routine, create, create that love routine and musically, you know? Okay. So one, one more question I have. Um, mm -hmm. So that's your morning, your start, get your day yeah. going. So that leads into you have a full day, mm -hmm. then you have a show, and you go mm -hmm. to a big performance and you do your thing. What's the first thing you do to decompress after a performance, whether it was a killer, amazing performance or mm, it, you're hard on yourself? How do you decompress and how do you recenter yourself after? It's a great question and being very transparent. Can somebody grab me a Jameson? And then after that. <laughs> I'm a scotch drinker, man. I, I get it. Yeah, well, and see, for me, you know, to maybe can I help your answer a little bit? Yes. Once I get done performing, I it's I'm relaxed. Yes. I'm normally very relaxed after I've, I've performed because you just kind of just, you, you let it all out. And it's very, yes. it's very cathartic to be on stage and yes. just to kind of just let yourself go. 
yeah. and it's just you kind of come up and it just feels like it's just this tension is just gone yeah. you were nervous before you got on the stage maybe yeah. possibly it's always a little bit of jitters but it's just like just kind of yeah. just let it go oh yeah I, I like to i like to be also around my my band family too mm-hmm. oh yeah yeah right. yeah yeah I, I like i i want them in the room like right. i want to see you i want to feel you guys i just want the energy i want family i want everybody in the room just so yeah. i can just be like okay you know we good we good y'all go ahead and go off and do whatever you know yeah well let me tell you it's been an absolute honor to have you on the show thank you i mean it's so good to see you after so So long oh Oh, my gosh it's been so long i'm so glad you came back you guys need to head to amazon spotify wherever you listen to music right now Mm -hmm. and and eventually these physical copies will come out because I think the demand, the demand is coming because, and I mean, because it's such a great, great album. It's such a raw energetic sound and it's got a lot of good vibes in there. Not just, you know, songs that are just kind of put like in a really structured way. There's a lot of intros and a lot of vibe and a lot of just kind of, you know, letting it breathe as you mentioned. Yep. Uh, there's a lot of those types of moment on the album. It's fantastic. It's a really, really good feeling album. Check mm-hmm. it out. It's called it's called Live at the Cafe Wa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're going to be there on March. Uh, thank you for putting that up. It's going to be at March 8th yes. in New York at Cafe yes. Wa again. Mm-hmm. And then after that, after you guys kind of, work things out a little bit. You guys are hitting the road and going, well, actually hitting the boat or the plane <laughs> and, going, and going over to Europe and uh, going to hit, do do the European tour, which is going to be absolutely fantastic. You guys are going to be in a variety of different places. Obviously you've been watching it scroll at the bottom of your screen, head to live warfield official.com mm-hmm. and you'll be able to see all the dates and everything. And it's, uh, and of course, there are the dates. There's some of the dates right there, some of the places. But you absolutely positively have to check it out. It's fantastic. Uh, the you. album is great. And you got to see her live because when you see her live, it will change you and then you won't miss a show from there on out. So. Blessings. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Liv, thank you so, so much for joining us. It's thank been an you. absolute thank honor. You. Thank you very yes. much. What a, what a pleasure. It was so much fun. So thank you. And reach out via reach out to me via email funkatopia at gmail.com and I will put you in touch. Well, I'll, I'm going to reach out for you on behalf for the Joyce thing, and uh, we'll make that happen. Thank yeah. you so so much. And, and we're going to get a show or two here in Atlanta, so it's gonna, oh yes, yes. please. Oh, but I mean, but but if the, if the invite for the Chicago thing comes before that, we'll we'll do that. We'll do okay. that. Okay, we'll that has that to happen. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> All right, Liv. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank y'all so much. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.